0: As many of you already know, this is the Hebrew year 5778, and uh, 78, uh, the Hebrew word is uh, ayin, ket, and ayin is 70, ket is 8, and ayin means to see, and the, uh, and the structure of that symbol is like a doorway, so it literally means to see or to pass through into, uh, into the light or into life. And so when you combine that with the eight or kit, which means new beginnings, so it's a passing through into new beginnings. And so every year when it comes to the celebrating of a new year, a lot of emphasis gets put on how the new year is celebrated. And, and there's a few who come forth and they'll start talking about what that all means, what the, what the new year uh, means. And uh, I like going into some of the deeper studies, not to impress anybody, but I'm, but I'm always, you guys always hear me saying this, I wanna know how to, how to apply this in my everyday life. And so in a little bit deeper study, it showed how even the symbols that were used, that, that the Hebrew language uses, and the numbers that they represent, give us great insight as to what this new beginning means. One of them is that um, uh, the way those letters are put together, Uh, It's symbols of the word love and community. So part of the new beginning is for the body of Christ to come, it's it's a new beginning, but actually it's returning to an old way. And let's do this in community, no more isolated living, just trying to make it on your own. We gotta do this in community, we gotta do this together. In fact, that's what this is, we're gonna demonstrate that today. (laughs) My wife is gonna share, I asked her to share a word that she shared with our home church family. At the end of the year, we had a great year end end of the year celebration. We gathered, uh, um, we have uh, home groups, home church groups. And so one of the things that we did, uh, the, the thing that we did was brought all of our home groups together in our townhouse apartment. So we had a house full of people, including the family. You remember the couple that we brought here with us? from Maryland that visited, for they came from Maryland. They only live two hours away. So they came with their sons. And their sons are musicians. Didn't know that. One of them plays the drums. One of them plays the bass guitar. Dad plays the keyboard. Mom sings. And so we asked them to lead the worship that day. So it was all about family. It was, you know, all these families all together now, they actually brought their drums and bass and keyboard and set it up in the living room of our home. And we had awesome worship in our house. And I know, Carol and I know, that uh, it was a glimpse into the future because in many inner city communities, they've got to have it like that in the house. Not just going out. And I'm not speaking against anybody that has buildings. In fact, we see in the future we will have a building. But God is starting this thing with an emphasis of what happens in the home with family so that even if you can't make it to to the church building, it doesn't matter, you can, you can still worship God with the same intensity with just your with mom and dad and brothers and sisters and aunt and uncle and grandma and grandpa, whoever is there, even if it's neighbors that want to stop by, that you can praise and worship God together. And it was an incredible day. We started off with, uh, with eating. We started with the meal. God told us to do everything, uh, I won't say backwards, but differently than how we normally would have done. We started with the meal. Then we had the couple just to just teach everybody one song, and then I asked my wife and two other ladies to share in the word. And then after the word, then we worshiped in response to the word. And they worshiped for about an hour, but it was a worshipful response to the words that we had just received. And so God was just kind of speaking to us, to me personally, Get ready for him to, the word that he uses, flip the script. Well, we would normally do things in a certain order. Get ready for me to flip the script. Whoever heard of waiting to the end of the service to do the worship? We always open up with that, but he totally flipped it that day. And for us to just get ready for him to do things like that, that may not be the norm, but if he moves in such a way and he suddenly puts it up on your heart to change it up, do it differently. Be open to it and watch God just shake the strongholds of the enemy and uh, shatter our expectations and open up our hearts to the miraculous. Come on, bless the Lord right now. So I, want, I wanted Carol to share with you today what the Lord gave her to share with us at the end of the year, I'm speaking into going into this new year, because it felt like what God gave her is going to be extremely important for us as God's people in this day and time. The world is aggressively moving against the things of God, but they're not doing it by necessarily always outwardly speaking against God. It's very subtle. There are still those who will sometimes protest boldly against the Lord, I mean, I saw a. Uh, social media picture of someone holding up a sign at a protest that read this guys you won't believe this it said if Jesus comes again if, if Jesus comes kill him again so there are some people who are that far gone but most of the time the, the speaking out against God is not that bold most of the time it's very subtle and it sounds like They're talking about God, and it sounds very noble. It sounds like it's something that we all should embrace, but it's not. Yes, sir.
1: Just remember the apostle Paul. Just remember the apostle Paul.
0: He was one that was killing the Christians. (laughs) Yes. He led more to Jesus than any of us. Than all of us, yes, Yes. is Some of these people that are so bo- boisterous, God's going to use it in a great, mighty way to escape <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes yeah. sir. I Feel fully... God, for I am with you always. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes. You heard the yeah. <laughs> God can change the hearts of the people that... Are- And we, know, and we know for sure that God, in fact, we're looking at that as we're watching what's happening as Jesus himself, he's revealing himself to people of Islamic nations where we can no longer send in people, send in missionaries, send in contractors and, and doctors and engineers and, and teachers. That used to be the strategy. You know, don't go in as a minister, go in with your profession. And while you're there, you know, lead people to the Lord. So since uh, the enemy became aware of that strategy and stopped all of that, then isn't it amazing that God himself (laughs) says, I'll go in myself and I'll speak to them in their dreams. And so I share this with you today because here in America, while God is doing all these awesome things around the world, here in America, while the rest of the world on a whole is starting to experience revival, an unprecedented move. Here in America, we're moving in the opposite direction. And so why am I sharing this with you? Not so that you'll be discouraged, but so that we'll hear what God's strategy is and what his word is to his church. Because day to day, I can't live my life being worried about what's uh, being said for or against the president, for or against the governor for or against the mayor. What various congressmen are, how they're voting and what they're saying. I can't live my life in the political war (laughs) or or in the social war. There there is so much confusion today. There is so much confusion today and I'm setting you up for the word that the Lord has given my wife. There's so much confusion today that people have no idea as to what the truth, what is truth and what the truth really is. And so, and then you got those who really don't even care. And so the issue is we can't fight at that level of trying to uh, battle with people on intellectual argument, battle with people on social views, political views. That's not where the fight is. Thank you, Lord God. So I want my wife to share with you what she shared with us that very special day on New Year's Eve, and I want your hearts to be open. Uh, I'm going to take a seat. I'm going to sit up, stand up here like she does with me. <laughs> and that's because I want to go out there and take pictures of her beautiful face while she's talking. So if you see me taking pictures, just go, that's because he loves his wife so much. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for my wife and for the word that you have placed within her concerning the love of the truth. And Lord, I thank you for wording her mouth even beyond things that she planned to say and give her things that you would download even in the moment. Thank you, Lord God, for your wisdom that you have filled her with, for the insight that you have given her for the mind that you have given her, that you could have these things articulated to us and revealed to us in this particular way. We decrease that you would increase in this moment. Let the words of her mouth, the meditation of her heart be acceptable in your sight. And thank you, Lord God, for your power and strength flowing in her in this very moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Amen.
1: Thank you, dear. Um, this started um, one night. I usually uh, read my Bible before I go to bed. Um, um, it's it's become a habit, um, and I I read this uh, in uh, in that Bible reading um, this night. It was Second Thessalonians, uh, the second chapter, um, nine through twelve, and I'll, I'll preface it with this. I had There are, you know, sometimes you're reading things in the Bible and you have questions about how it's going to work out. One of the questions that had been in my mind um, was how in the end time, how could a Christian be deceived into believing that, um, believing the things of the enemy, believing the Antichrist, falling in, being able to be disillusioned, to, be, um, to believe lies, the, to believe the lies of the enemy. Um, it had always been a question in the back of my mind how that could possibly happen to a Christian, somebody who knows Jesus, who has had a relationship with Jesus. And when I read this scripture, it answered the question for me. Um, So this is 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, 9 through 12. And it says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And that answered the question for me. Um, when we choose not to receive the truth, we are open to deception. We're open to the lies of the enemy. and that, But it, it's kind of heartbreaking to understand that even Christians could not could be in a place where they not love the truth. Um, uh, When we choose to receive love for the truth, we are saved from the power of Satan. Uh, We're not deceived by his signs or lying wonders. We aren't sent a strong delusion so that we believe the lie. We won't be condemned because we did not believe the truth um, and because we chose not to have pleasure in unrighteousness. So that's encouraging. Um, that all we have to do is to love the truth, and the truth is God's perspective. Um, I, here recently in, um, in social media especially, but on, uh, um, Oprah Winfrey made a statement about your truth. Um, and that's, that's such a dangerous thing for a person to have their own truth aside from God's truth. When you have your and and it's something now that's that's kind of snowballing on social in social media to have that you have your truth. You live your truth. You live life from your perspective from from your experience from what you know rather than God's perspective. And that's what we've what we have in society today. What we're dealing with, what we're battling with. Is with people who are living their truth and not God's truth Um, John 8 32 says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free and that's um, and and that's recognition of the truth by a personal intimate relationship with Jesus that there is no other way to know the truth unless you have a personal intimate relationship with the Lord John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit grants believers understanding of the truth by unveiling the revelation of the cross, what Jesus made available to us through the cross. Um, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The God of this age blinds the minds of people, but they choose not to believe, which results in the inability to see the glory of Christ. And we see that happening at so I, we see that happening every day um, it, with people we deal with, even with our own family members. I know uh, there are conversations that, I've, that we have had with family members and just dealing with blindness because of areas in their lives where they choose not to receive God's perspective. Um, John 14 and 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, uh, John 18, 38. Pilate said to him, he said to Jesus, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Um, Pilate was cynical. He thought that all truth was relative. And I, you know, even though this was so long ago, this was in the day of Jesus, we are still battling the same mindset Um, to many government officials. Truth was whatever the majority of people agreed with or whatever helped advance their own personal power and political goals. And it's the same thing today. Truth is whatever... People agree with or whatever helps them to advance their own personal power, whatever their personal goals are. When there is no basis for truth, there is no basis for moral right and wrong, and we see that every day. We see people who are, who are chained, who are living their truth, who are, um, who are, are changing their own. Uh, like men who who are saying now that they are women. um, People who who want to live their lives in a way that is diametrically opposed to the way God would have us to live. Um, Justice becomes whatever works or whatever helps those in power, which is not really justice at all, but it's... (laughs) it's a, it's a personal way of seeing it's their own truth that they're living. And if, so justice becomes twisted, um, in Jesus and his word, we have a standard for truth for our moral behavior. Um, we are today in our society, we're dealing a lot with situational ethics, um, which has been taught, being taught in our schools, being taught in our colleges. Um, And I'll give a definition of situational ethics. Um, Situational ethics takes into account the particular context of an action when evaluating it ethically, rather than judging it according to absolute moral standards. In in other words, um, in in a situation where a man wants to be a woman, he's going to go against any moral standard. To be, to do, to live the way that he wants to live. Um, that's a situational ethic. Um, there's also a, another thing that we're battling with called ethical relativism, and it's the theory that holds that morality is relative to the norms of one's culture. So morality is is defined by culture rather than again, rather than God's viewpoint. Um, that is whether an action is right or wrong depends on the moral norms of the society in which it is practiced. The same action may be morally right in one society, but be morally wrong in another. Again, there, there is no absolute, it's based on culture. It's based on what your personal viewpoint is on what is right and what is wrong, rather than how what God's viewpoint is. And, this is what we are dealing with on a daily basis um, as we're ministering to people, as we're talking to people. They are, they are, they are, their definition for what is right depends on what they have experienced. It depends on what they have formed because of what they have, how they have lived, and what they have lived, what they have experienced. They come up with something that is apart from God, from, apart from God's viewpoint, apart from God's word um they chose they have chosen their own truth rather than God's truth um and that's what we're dealing with i and th- and i when i shared this at the um uh on uh, new year's eve it was before um this thing that oprah came out with well she's been saying it for years i understand to live your own truth you know, um so this is something, and for some reason, this time when she said it, it's um, people heard it, and now it's 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 something that's being snowballed and picked up in social media, uh, something that people want to live and to actually live apart um, and and to and to do to think. Um, so it's something that we're we're going that we're going to really have to deal with, and that is really proclaiming the truth of God, living the truth of God before people and, uh, and explaining how, that, how horrible that idea is. When a person, I mean, think about a person who is, um, let's say a, a murderer, their truth is going to be different than the truth of, of a, a, a man or woman of God. Their truth is going to be different. Um, an unsaved politician has a, has a very powerful position and if they have a truth that is a truth that is not God's, that's a dangerous thing. And they're in a position of power, um, that can affect our lives. Um, uh, uh, we have people who are wanting, uh, to legalize, um, uh, uh um, Mar- well, that it is legal to for um, medical marijuana is, is legalized, but of course they want to legalize it across the board. Um, child, they want to legalize child pornography and child slavery. I mean, it's it's crazy the way that people think now. Um, so they choose not to receive the truth. They would choose not to receive God's viewpoint, but we as the people of God have an opportunity to be able to, to help them distinguish the difference, um, to help them to see um, the, uh, the, the outcomes of these decisions, because um, I can't, you, you know, you have to wonder if people are really thinking these kind of decisions through? Do they really see how it will affect them personally, how it will affect their families personally? Um, But we have to love the truth, even for ourselves, to always love the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. Um, Sometimes there are things about ourselves that we don't like seeing. But we receive the truth because it brings healing, Um, it brings wholeness to us, and it brings us closer to God. Um, but this is what I, I shared, um,
0: Now you say, how does all of that fit with believers rejecting the truth? Because it's very easy to point out all the things that the world looks at and says, well, this is my truth. But we do the same things in the house of God. We take portions of scripture out of context and even when presented the proper interpretation of a scripture, we still hold on to our truth. Remember when there were certain things that you thought was godly and of God because of what we were taught in your, maybe in your traditions, the old religious traditions, but then when the truth came, remember that struggle you had And that decision, okay, am I going to hold on to what my Baptist or Pentecostal or Catholic tradition said or am I going to embrace the truth? Because when you embrace the truth, there's something about, there's a death that comes to us. I've got to let go of something that I have depended upon, trusted upon, trusted in, And even in some ways, gave me an excuse for living the way I wanted to live. Because in my traditions, there were certain things that was okay to do. But when I came into the truth, taking up the cross, taking up my cross, denying myself, there are certain things that are being taught now, and and I want you to see how the subtlety of this. I, I watched one of uh, Oprah Winfrey's, she calls it a, a life class. And uh, you may hear us bring up these names and talk about these people, and you go, well, they're so far removed from our world, it doesn't matter, but no, they aren't. Because they are talking to huge, Masses of millions of people, including your and my children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews are listening to this. And what these people are spouting forth is being reiterated by school teachers and educators and by the movies that they watch and the music that they listen to. So I watched one of her classes and she had a particular life coach on there who, and they got into a topic about priorities in people's lives. And this life coach said, well, the priority of everyone's life needs to be themselves. Because if you deny yourself, you're denying God. so Oprah said, well, what about what Jesus said? We're supposed to take care of the least of these and take care of the poor and all that. But well, she said, well, that's talking about your service in life to people. But in order for you even to serve people, you must make sure that you put yourself first. Now, to the unlearned, think about this, to the unlearned that sounds perfectly fine. Yeah, that's right. I do need to take care of myself because I won't be able to take care of the poor and the needy unless I take care of me first. And though that sounds right, it goes against God's perspective of reality because he already told us to deny ourselves. He already told us that he is the priority of our lives. And so that's why sometimes when we get into conversations and we're talking with friends and family Walking with God starts to sound like this strange, occultic thing, bizarre. What do you mean deny yourself? No, I must take care of me. I come first. Sounds eerily close to this being named Lucifer who, I, I will ascend. So why is this important? Because we as believers must take a stand. I don't mean publicly. I mean on the inside. Because public stands don't begin with public stands. Mm -hmm. Public stands begin with a decision when it's just me and the Lord, and Lord, you come first, even for me to be strong. I must submit myself to you. These are issues that the Bible has already addressed in my weakness. Mm -hmm. He see, but the world says, no, if you want to be perfect, concentrate on you. Your perfection comes by concentrating on you. Your strength comes by you strengthening yourself when the Lord did already. You are my strength. You are my righteousness. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Isn't it wonderful when you hear the word of God? Amen. The joy of the Lord is that. Oh, that's right. What? That's like getting shaken back into reality.
1: <laughs>
0: Wake up. <laughs> Come back into reality because you hear those words and it's like a, it's like a sweet lullaby that just kind of lulls you off to sleep. You go, yeah, I need to take care of myself. And, um, and we're another one, sleep, right in the house of God. And so you can hear, I can, can you hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't get be deceived, people of God. The truth is still the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way the truth. He didn't just say, I speak the truth and I'll lead you to the truth. He said, he is. And the truth is, that's why you kept hearing my wife use that definition. The truth is God's perspective of reality. That's what's true. So even if I'm having an argument with somebody or even if I'm having a pleasant conversation with someone, Only God knows the truth of the conversation that you and I just had. Because don't you know that even when we have a conversation one-on-one with somebody, we don't walk away from that conversation knowing the whole truth. But I spilled out everything. I said everything that I meant. But you don't know if you heard everything that they meant. Only God knows the truth about a conversation between two people. Even the two people don't have all of the perspective why they don't have it. Because I don't know what was going on in your mind with everything that I said. Sometimes conversation takes place so fast. Just think about it, guys. Sometimes your wife is saying stuff, and you have four or five thoughts that you can't even express. You just go, uh, well, no, I ain't going to even say that. She doesn't know that you did that. Look at your husband's wives. She doesn't know that you did that. You just said, "Uh, no, never mind. Why did you say never mind? Because I don't don't really, I don't want to get into that conversation right now. I'll save that one for another day. I'm not saying that's a deceitful, harsh thing. My point is your wife walks away not knowing everything that actually happened in that conversation. And then of course we know it's the other way around because how many of your wives, sisters, daughters have just simply said, while you were talking to your spouse, your brother, your father, you just simply saw the look on his face and you already knew, he didn't get what I said. And rather than even going into it, you just simply said, that's okay, I'll bring it up another time. And your husband or your father may walk away going, that was a great conversation. But you're thinking, oh my God, okay, how do I need to approach this next time? What am I getting at? That was not a deceptive conversation, all it was was a real conversation and the only one who knows the truth about what happened was God. From his perspective, he saw all of the dynamics that happened in that moment. Now can you see what happens when people say, I'm going to live according to my truth. How can you even have a truth when you don't even know all of what even happened between one conversation, one time, with one person? Now just think about the hundreds upon thousands upon millions of of conversations and encounters and moments that we've had with people over the course of our lives. And there's no way in the world any of us can say, I'm going to live according to my truth because I know what happened in every conversation that I had with every person in my entire life. It is the ultimate in arrogance to say that I will therefore live according to my perspective of every encounter that I've had with every human being. And what I, the con- conclusion I have come to is the truth. It takes an account, it doesn't even take in an account to maybe they just misunderstood you But according to your truth, they're arrogant. They're insensitive. Well, how about they just didn't understand what you were talking about? Now you can see the danger of living according to your truth. Because only God's got the whole picture. And so with as fragile, and how much things we don't know as believers, here's the advantage we have. That because we realize We don't know everything, but I know the one who does. I don't have the truth about everything, but I have the one who is the truth so that no matter what I face in this life, I don't have to live this life based upon my computer and my emotions. and my life's experience. Am I saying our experience wasn't real? No, it was real. It really hurt or it felt great. It really happened. But just think about it, everyone. If I try to recount just some things that happened last week, (laughs) much less last year, or 10 years ago, sometimes it's 10 minutes ago, and I can't remember everything that happened. I can't recall everything that I felt. I can't recall everything that they said. And I certainly don't know everything that they meant. But the Lord our God does. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, he's the one that can bring us into the truth that even in the midst of a misunderstanding with your brother or sister, your wife, your cousin, your friend, your co-worker, he can just simply say a little thought, that's not what she meant. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, we have the choice to Embrace the truth. What do you mean that's not what she meant? That's what she said. Holy Spirit, that's not what she meant. And so we have the choice, embrace the truth. Okay, Lord, that's not what she meant. So I dropped my unforgiveness, I dropped my hardness, I let down my defenses. Why is that important? Because now, We've introduced the truth into the conversation and I'm not going to live according to my truth, my perspective of what's real. Why is this going to be important in 2018 and the years to come? Because in an era of fake news and emotional reasoning, in a time where we can't even tell the wheat from the tares, then the Lord is calling upon us to seek his face and embrace truth and always remember, truth is his perspective. So that even when you get to those places where, Lord, I can't even tell what's the truth anymore. I can't even tell what's right or wrong anymore. And you can hear him say, do you know me? You don't have to know if whether the latest press release from the government's office, from a government official is a lie or not. All you have to do is, where, where am I in that? With what they said, what does my word say? With what they're declaring, what does my word say? What is my view about America today? You can hold the perspective that it's all going to hell in a handbasket. so why bother to even pray anymore now is that your truth or is that God's perspective of reality what's God's perspective about what's happening in America today I'm not going to get into debates about if rather America is parallel to Israel, if rather America is Israel, is Jesus coming back on July the 7th of this year, is this it, I no. What, what has he already told us? No man knows the hour of the day, right. and we already got a job. Right. Okay. So what's always our perspective? Lord, I'm here to represent you. I'm an ambassador of a completely different government. Right. That's why I don't even have to get into b- debates about our president, and now they're already pushing for Oprah Winfrey 2020. Can y'all believe it's gotten there already? Oprah Winfrey 2020, okay. But again, let's not get caught up in all of that. The issue is Jesus gave us a job. We're here to represent the kingdom. We are ambassadors of his kingdom. We're here to disciple souls Jesus left our directive. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. We already have our role. That's his perspective. And all the world always starts with what's happening in my own heart and in my own home, in my own household. Come on, let's just pray before the Lord. Lord, we embrace the truth we thank you for just stirring up within us, Lord, this fresh love of the truth in 2018. That no matter what our ears hear, no matter what our eyes see, we will believe the report of the Lord. We will constantly come back to what you have already told us, what you have already shown us. We embrace the truth. We will not suppress it. We will not take the position of Pilate, Lord, who in a cynical statement just simply says, well, what is truth? That's what Pilate was saying. What is truth anyway? Truth is whatever the majority agree. So Lord, we're not gonna be led by the majority Yes, Lord. I hear this old phrase I was taught as a kid. Right is still right, even if nobody's doing it. And wrong is still wrong, even if everybody's doing it. Lord, we embrace the truth. We embrace you. Let it be released in our hearts and in our homes in a fresh way this year. We won't embrace fatalism that it's all going to hell in a handbasket. (laughs) We're not gonna get caught up into religious debates, philosophical debates, political debates. Lord, all we know is that we love you and we want you. We sung it today. We don't just want your blessings. (laughs) We want you, (laughs) we want you. Yes, Lord. And we even reject that doctrine that's been released in the church that's just all about getting your blessings. We want the truth. We want you. We want you. Yes, Lord. Lord. That wasn't a coincidence that I was in the song choices today. That's part of embracing the truth. We want you. We don't seek your hand, Lord. We seek your face. Thank you, Lord God, and we embrace you with all of our hearts. Lord, we pray that this, is, this becomes just an explosive year for your truth to be revealed. As we come to these standoffs, I see us coming to many places where the, 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 uh, the, the line will be drawn in the sand, and it'll be drawn in the sand in our own hearts. So I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us, guard your heart this year. In the key moments that come up where you have to make the decision right and wrong, do it in your own heart, do it in your own home. Don't become a liar Where you live one thing before men. But something different is going on in your heart and in your home if it is that way then right now just repent before the Lord. Yes, Lord yes Lord Lord I don't want to be a hypocrite in any area of my life I want to embrace the truth and I do embrace the truth settle these things God that are not right Yes, my heart is open for you to settle those things that are not right, that are out of order in my home. I want truth, Lord. We want truth. We want reality. We want your perspective. We want integrity. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for making this, the barn, a lighthouse of truth (laughs) in the midst of gross darkness. Every family here, Lord, we know that there are struggles and that there are difficulties and there are hard decisions that are even have to be made, even this week, this month. But Lord, I thank you that every decision will be made from this place of truth, of your perspective of reality, and where the enemy has tried to paint a different picture and make it look uh, more frightening. And uh, and make it look like you're not gonna come through, Lord. We thank you for riding through <laughs> with the truth, with your very presence. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but don't make a decision based out of fear. Don't make a decision based out of uh, uh, out of lack. Make the decision based upon God's perspective of what's real. Thank you, Lord. Whether it's a financial decision, whether it's a relationship decision, don't decide based off of your feelings. Don't decide based off of emotion. Don't decide just based off of your mental intellect. Don't decide off of your own experience in life. Get the truth. (laughs) And receive the truth. Thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. For the financial decision that must be made to hear the truth, the Lord says, I am more than enough. <laughs> For those who did, have been praying about the thing that it seems like God just won't change the situation. His truth is my grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. For those of you that are working in a job or in a position where uh, it seems like this, you're ready to quit. But the truth is, the Lord says, "The heart of the king is in my hand." (laughs) For those of you where it's something happening in your physical body, hear the truth: nothing is too difficult for me. <laughs> but what's happening in, our, in this country, hear the truth. Why do the nations rage? Hmm. Imagining a vain thing. Our God laughs from the heavens. He said, I've already installed my king. Hear the truth today. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, bless the Lord today. Bless the Lord.